Hey friends, it's Melvin. Thanks for tuning into this episode. Here's just a few quick things I wanted to notify you guys about before we get started. First up, very soon, new episodes will be releasing Wednesday mornings rather than Tuesday. So don't panic if you don't see a new episode on Tuesday. Just wait a little longer and you'll see it in your feed. Second, we've introduced a mailbag. Check those show notes and toward the bottom you'll see a mailbag link. You'll then be able to text us any questions you might have about movies, the movie industry, or any movie-slash-Christian-related questions you might have. Then we'll respond in a future episode, so send us your questions now. Up next, Patreon polls, which are available to Patreon supporters at the $3 tier or higher, have been updated. Supporters can now suggest films or shows to be reviewed at the end of each month. The two most liked submissions will become the options for the Patreon poll, so if you want to hear us talk about your favorite movie or show, join our Patreon and start campaigning. And lastly, whether you're a new or long-time listener, please consider writing a review or rating the Cinematic Doctrine podcast on iTunes and Spotify. Apart from financially supporting on Patreon, these are the two most helpful ways to support the show. And that's it. Enjoy the episode. You're listening to Cinematic Doctrine. I think I'm finally getting old. Why do you say that? Like, did you go to a beach recently? <laughs> yeah, this morning I was 12, and now as I'm sitting here record, uh, I've been made old by the old beach. No, I was saying I was old because as I was watching the movie, I realized that Free Guy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was watching Free Guy, the the topic of our episode. Thank you, Patreon supporters, for choosing Free Guy. Pig would have been really cool to talk about, but Free Guy was also pretty fun to watch. <laughs> no, so. yeah, not backhanded comment. <laughs> no, no bitter. I, th- yeah, you, I can feel the sadness when you, when you texted me, like, they picked Free Guy. Yeah. <laughs> we both wanted to talk about Pig. Well, what's funny is, like, I knew Free Guy was good. We're going to put Pig in every poll from now on and just be like, please vote for it. I put Boys State uh, from last year. I put it on twice oh, yeah. uh, throughout the year because I was really sad when it wasn't picked the first time. And then it was picked the second time. And then I went away to impatient, so we couldn't do it. <laughs> and so, dang it. I gotta put, I'll put Pig and Boy State on sometime next year. <laughs> You'll put Pig, Boy State, Waves. Yes. Just to- yeah. Uh, we'll just do Waves at some point anyway. I will only do it if it's a Patreon pick. Paul. No. I'm just gonna put my foot down. <laughs> oh. You're gonna have a, such a good time with it if you liked It Comes at Night. Um, oh, yeah. And if you like dramas, then you'll like Waves. It's Trader Schultz, he directed it. But anyways, Free Guy, you're feeling old. Yeah. First off, Pig, great movie if you haven't seen it. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. It's it's cozy. It, it's so good. But It's a movie that smells good. <laughs> I, th- I would disagree. Like Just looking in a cage the whole movie, I assume the movie did not smell good. But <laughs> So I'm a... I'm an OG gamer. Uh, please edit that out. I'm somebody who grew up playing a lot of video games, and that was not a lot, actually. I had an interesting relationship with games, but point is, I was at one point the vice president of the video game club at my high school. I was part of the group of people that played video games against the rules at my Bible college. I uh, went to a weird Bible college. But, you know, as I get older, uh, gaming is one of those things that sort of has taken a further for the backseat of my life not throwing any shade at anyone who still plays games uh, who may be older than me. That's just, if anything, that's gaming is now more marketed to an older audience, both of the types of games uh, and that sort of thing. But yeah, gaming is something that I grew out of, which is weird because a lot of other things I didn't grow out of, like I didn't grow out of professional wrestling or 
movies, Marvel movies, apparently yeah. uh, everything else in my life. I remained that wonderful man childness inside of me. Uh, but, but you know, I sat down to watch free guy and I saw the trailers. And I liked the advertising. They released a bunch of cool movie posters, our parodies of famous video games. And I was expecting a more wreck it Ralphie kind of experience. And as I'm watching free guy, I generally have through cultural osmosis understand that this is a Fortnite inspired movie, like the, a lot of the logic in the weapons. At one point, I think he just uses a Fortnite weapon in the middle of the movie. Yes, he does. But like, I've never played Fortnite and I've played Apex Legends once. I haven't played the current like Warzone or anything. And I'm watching it and I was like, oh, this is nostalgia. For- I've hit a point where now I'm watching a movie that's playing off nostalgia for something I don't have nostalgia for. And I was like sitting there going like the the whole movie. I'm like, I remember when games were like this and I'm banging my fists on the table and just like, this isn't, this isn't the gaming I grew up with. And then I looked at my, you know, driver's license. I realized that 30 is approaching faster and faster with every moment, but turning 30, I'm going to keep saying that for however long this podcast goes, I'll just be always getting closer to 30, no matter how long our show, our show. Well, yeah, arguably, I mean, until this uh, episode is capped, encapsulized in a podcast feed in which you will always be the same age forever that's so true i guess that's pretty cool but much like a mosquito that bit a dinosaur this episode is forever encased in the moment that it existed in yeah which is i mean yeah free guy for free guy mostly plays off of general video game tropes but it definitely was specifically about a type of gaming that turned me off from gaming because i'm not somebody who enjoys just playing games online with anonymous strangers uh the only video game i've really played recently was control which at this point it came out two years ago but i keep playing it but yeah i don't know did are you are you a cool gaming kid hey gamers this is for you i play a lot of video games i i but i say that and actually in the last um month or two i haven't played a lot uh i guess i played a lot of gears tactics phasmophobia i kind of i i don't keep up with the big 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 releases because I'm an adult and I know that they are all bad of which is most of the time true. Um, people get so hyped for these games and then they come out and they're broken and then they get mad. And then I'm just playing like the same games I've played since I was a kid. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that I put in like an additional 300 hours to roller coaster tycoon two, which was a very good time. And, uh, or like Subnautica, I played a couple hundred hours of, and I really enjoyed that, but that game was old by then. Um, and actually it wasn't even out yet. It was still in, in its, uh, pre-release stages, but like I, I, the games I play are typically not the, yeah, not multiplayer. Not, I haven't played a battle royale. I did like one round of apex legends and everyone was like, the gunplay is great. And I thought it was horrible. (laughs) I absolutely hated it. Um, and there were, I'm also very picky with video games because video games are about immersion and engagement. And if there's particular things that are off that affect that, I, I am not tolerant of that, especially if it's expecting me to put in more than five, six, seven hours. Um, honestly, if it's expecting me to do more than one hour, I can't do it. Case in point, Apex Legends, when you aim in the guns, it fades, it, it, uh, it like unfocuses everything else around your around the reticle except for where you're looking and i'm sorry but my eyeballs don't do that when i look at things and uh part of (laughs) video games sometimes is being able to soak in as much as you can so you can be quick especially with a twitch shooter like apex so i can't stand that conversely though i think doom eternal's great (laughs) and i keep playing it and that game is two two years old now two three years um so same same as you with control uh although very different types of games But yeah, so I, I play a lot. Uh, I was literally just about to convert this into a Doom Eternal podcast and talk about why I love it. But um, uh, 
every 10 hours I learn something new and my entire gameplay changes. It's great. <laughs> Anyways. So but putting this, that all aside, <laughs> all aside, um, not a gaming podcast. Uh, the world, this one actually reminded me more of was like a GTA five on like GTA online where like you're completing yeah, yeah, yeah. Like objectives that, and tasks. But yeah. Then you have an open- yeah. I thought, I thought that too. When, cause you, there's a few times where you see the menus, like right. the actual like menu stuff and it looks like GTA. So. Right. And you have like locations you can enter with particular yeah. tasks or objectives. You do a lot of crimes. Yeah. Crimes. And, um, I'm just not into that style of gaming. I tried a, um, first off, I like playing games by myself. Yes. Unless yeah. it's co-op, then I like some of that. There's a couple games like GTFO that I wish I had more friends to play with because they're so hard alone. In that particular game, the game does not scale if you're by yourself. It is just as hard with one player as it will be with four. And so you have to play with people. Yeah, I like to, I like to play games by myself. Uh, I've tried Twitch streaming before, but you have to talk all the time. And I actually kind of like the leisure of just sitting back and playing a game and not talking all the time. Uh, there's a lot to this world of free guy that I didn't totally connect with. And then there's also some comedy that I, I really thought the movie was quite funny. But some comedy I wish was there that reminded me of old video game videos from YouTube back in the day, like Corridor Digital. One in particular where like, do you remember the part in Free Guy uh when you know when you watch the movie less than 24 hours ago um when they're cha- they're chasing after guy um both joe Keery and his buddy are going after guy and one guy's a police officer the other one's a bunny or a rabbit or whatever and they're like all right we're gotta go god mode and then they like start transforming the ho- the like construction site and so they can get to the top floor yes yeah i remember a video it was like a series of glitches but in real life where the character was like it was big head mode or whatever. And it was a, like a really old corridor digital video, or maybe it was like, what was his name? Jimmy Wong. He used to do guitar hero videos. And then he did these really cool, like shooter videos on YouTube. Yeah. Um, I know you're talking about Disney. Yeah, Freddie Wong. Freddie. Wong. He was, does. Uh, he has, he has a podcast now where they pitch screenplay ideas. That's actually, pretty that's pretty funny. cool. Yeah. He, they did a, it was one of them did a video and then the, the, the the gotcha joke at the end is then they do no clip and it's so funny because the character basically just T poses and then he just starts floating around and then he starts flying through like a highway. And I was like, how much funnier would it have been if Joe Keery and them were like, all right, time to go God mode and they're building it up. And then they just T-pose. immediately T-pose just like floating around. Yeah, I would have lost. It, it was both a gift and cursed in this movie that they actually didn't do a lot of like video game jokes. Yeah. They did the for the Fortnite thing is that they start vomiting IP everywhere, yes. um, which I kind of didn't mind. Like it was it was funny to look in the background and see a scorpion from Halo or some yeah. like reskin car that looks like GTA or and and some of the gaming jokes were harder to find. Like there's like a guy in the background who's just he's just rubber banding <laughs> like he's which is in video games means you we move forward but then your server latency is so bad that the yeah. server thinks you haven't moved forward so you rubber band back like it snaps you back and i thought that was clever and so there was some stuff like that to show my age the one video game thing that really got a reaction on me was when he used like the buster from Mega Man. oh yeah yeah, yeah i was like for yes, like a split a gaming second. reference yeah. that i get <laughs> Yeah, or he uses a portal gun, but it looks like I think yes. it was one of the prototype portal guns that you can see if and, you look up the history for. And he uses portal. the the he uses the gravity gun, which makes me very from, happy from Half Life. 
that was the stuff that I connected with. Because even though Half-Life Alex is out, doesn't matter. Everyone still forgot Half Half-Life exists, even Valve. So it doesn't matter. Insert tired I want Half-Life 3 thing here. But for real, really I do want Half-Life 3. <laughs> I really do. I think Half-Life 2 is so good. I, I play bought it, like... the orange box when it came out to <laughs> continue dating myself, but it's so good. Um and the part one and two are decent enough, but yeah. man, Half-Life 2 plays so good. Anyways, I'm not spending a couple hundred dollars just to play a new Half-Life game. I can't do that. No. Hey there, it's your friendly neighborhood call to action. Just checking in on you. Hope you're doing all right. I'm just stopping by to say, you know, if you enjoy the show, you can always subscribe and write a review for Cinematic Doctrine. There's iTunes, Podchaser, basically anywhere you listen. You can give us a shout out with a thumbs up, five stars, gripping positivity. Or if you hate the show, you can say that too. Wait, what? What are you saying? Why are you saying that? Well, I'm not going to tell them what to do, Ted. They're free to do what they want. Our analytics say we got a lot of listeners in the U.S., and you know they love their freedoms. And you're also free to check out our Twitter. Very active there. We host polls, memes. There's also the Cinematic Doctrine Facebook group called Cinematic Doctrine Facebook group. If you want to join, just answer the questions, read the rules, and tell them the podcast sent you. Also, you should check out our website. Some really cool stuff there. Editorials, written reviews for movies we haven't had time to cover. Always check out cinematicdoctrine.com when you get the chance. Oh, uh, Ted also told me I shouldn't forget to mention the Patreon. Something about you can support us or something? Wait, Ted, I thought this was like a hobby thing. You it's want me to... expand Cinematic Doctrine. You know right, this already. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, <laughs> I forgot. I'm the one who put all this together. Yeah, Cinematic Doctrine has a Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can gain access to early uncut episodes of the podcast. Oh, and did I mention, you get to tell us what to do. That's right, each month you get to vote on a movie we discuss on the show. Anyways, I gotta run, so I'll see you guys later. Okay, well, to, to, to get but back anyways. to the movie proper, yeah, <laughs> uh, Free Guy is a movie that was supposed to come out a long time ago, but it was... It was part of the canon of movies that may not actually exist. <laughs> <laughs> they only exist as trailers. Yes. It, Free Guy did also have the benefit of being... It was in production at Fox, and then Disney bought Fox, which is why near the end of the movie, and what I think might have been the, the result of reshoots or mid-production changes. Very just, good reshoots. Because <laughs> you don't really notice. But like you just there's just suddenly a ton of Disney-owned IPs that just pop up in the movie. But anyway. And they're reused really well. At least I think so. I thought they were really yes, funny. Yes, it wasn't gratuitous. Like I think some of the things in something like Ready Player One or even uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet, for example, get a little gratuitous where they just – it's just a <laughs> – tour through things that disney owns yeah or even the recent space jam movie which is that but for warner brothers stuff but uh free guy is directed by sean levy who has made a career out of directing pretty good family movies he did night at the museum he did real steel which this movie weirdly reminded me a lot of in the sense that it's a pretty standard movie but everything is the machine the machine the hollywood machine works in this case uh he also uh, was one of the main creators behind Stranger Things, which is why Steve Harrington's likely in the movie. It was written by Matt Lieberman and Zach Penn, both of whom are really seasoned just general writer guys. Zach Penn will forever have a job because in addition to being one of the main writers in a lot of the Fox uh, comic book films, like a lot of X-Men movies, he was also a credited writer on the first Avengers film. 
So that guy is set for life. And for you guys, a movie about Ryan Reynolds playing the character that Ryan Reynolds plays in every movie now. Uh, in this case, that character. Literal NPC. Yes. <laughs> he, has, he looks just like an NPC. He does. He looks <laughs> He looks like a generic, like before you make your character in a yeah, game. Yeah, they, they just show you the model real quick and yeah. you're like, all right, we're changing that. <laughs> yeah, before you put anything on him. Ryan Reynolds plays Chris Pratt's character in a Lego movie, but instead of Legos, yes. it's a video game stuff. Yep. He is the background NPC character in a video game, unbeknownst to him. And like we said uh, previously in our opening rambles, he is the background character in a hybrid GTA Online Fortnite type game where he's just someone who works at a bank that the characters rob as part of the mission. His best friend is played by uh, Lil Rel Howard, who you may remember as being a guy who is in Get Out and then Bird Box. And then he was just suddenly in everything, who is his uh, funny sidekick guy. However, uh, for whatever reason, when he sees one of the actual players in the game, she just really catches his eye and he goes on a quest to just get to talk to her. And the process manic just, pixie gamer girl manic pixie uh dream gag yeah, dream girl but updated for this current time and now it is a game girl and he realizes he is in a video game and this leads him on to a series of adventures where he has to take down the bad guy which is played by taiko Waititi, on days where he was free to show up to film and that's pretty much the entire purpose of the movie and it is if this made if my description made you think of 40 other movies, that's not a surprise. It is very much parts Ralph Bricks Internet, uh, the Truman Show, Lego movie, and a bunch of other movies that deal with somebody realizing the world around them isn't what they seemed. It is a less thoughtful matrix, it is a more uh fun version of a couple of uh, YouTube shorts that we probably mentioned at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh in my case, I thought it's one of those examples where again, the Hollywood system. Uh, sometimes it just works. Sometimes a bunch yeah. of guys in suits in a room going, what's hot right now? What are the kids into? Are they into the Fortnite thing. I'm assuming that some producer somewhere, his kid wouldn't stop playing Fortnite. And he said, I can make a movie about this. Uh, in this case, though, all the elements, I think, work together. They threw it all into a stew, but that melting pot came out in a story that I think is a little more engaging than I thought it would be. And I was pleasantly surprised by a few times they actually acknowledged kind of the deeper implications of its own premise. Granted, they never follow those threads to anything interesting, but it is a fun, crowd-pleasing movie that is really elevated by the fact that everyone involved is just really charming and charismatic. Ryan Reynolds, no one can be Ryan Reynolds quite as well as Ryan Reynolds can be. And I never found the movie particularly funny. I have a few jokes, but it was constantly amusing. And the action is fun. And um, they never overdid it with the video game references or it just became just nothing. But at the same time, it didn't feel like a bunch of old people writing about a game. It felt yeah. at least someone involved actually had played video games, which is nice. So there's a lot of, like we've mentioned earlier, there's fun background details. Some of the mechanics of why they do something uh, comes together really well. And the few times that they really break out and engage with their own premise, it's fun. For example, there's a scene where they're talking to somebody and it just turns out that the person they're talking to is presently streaming themselves on Twitch. So before, funny. Before the scene gets really <laughs> weird for some reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'll admit, there's a few moments where I was surprised at how, I wouldn't say I got emotional, but I was surprised how much something actually landed with me. So, Well, if it landed with you, it made me emotional. So. <laughs> like I, I was just, also pretty unstable. So I was like, <laughs> just like that. it's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> uh, I will say uh, I was kind of actively dreading whenever this movie would come out, just because it, based on the trailers, it didn't look like something I would like. And, but like I said, they knew what to steal from. And there's one thing in particular they stole very heavily from that I'll mention near the end because it happens near the end. But Melvin, what did you think about Free Guy? Uh, I remember when this was coming 
out and I remember <laughs> for two years it was coming out <laughs> and it was kind of a movie people really like of of all the movies we were all waiting for like this was actually one of the ones I heard the most people talk about um, which I think is quite entertaining when you have to compare to like F9 or No Time to Die or all these other movies that take themselves pretty seriously, which I mean, F9 doesn't really take itself seriously, but I think Vin Diesel takes it seriously. So there's that. Um, and, and I appreciate that because I like, uh, I, I don't like living in a world where people take things so seriously that they don't remember to have fun and, uh, I think as two film guys, we know what it's like when film people just take things too seriously. Um, and so I had sort of a, a joy about that, um, that f- everyone was just sort of waiting to survive the pandemic just to see a Ryan Reynolds comedy movie about video games. Um, there's some a little dumb fun to that. And then I also remember when it came out, it was actually being talked about a lot. I remember on Letterboxd, people were like, whoa, this is great. Um, this is really funny. This is fun. It's clever. It's not over the top in explaining video game things to people who don't understand video game things. Um, I do feel like I remember hearing that the worst parts was all the Twitch streamer stuff, which for me personally was. I hated every single cutaway to a Twitch streamer. Um, I don't. I remember one time really watching a lot of Twitch, and that was when Outlast came out, and that's because I didn't want to buy it at the time. So I just watched somebody play it every night. I came home after finishing a shift at a restaurant. So it was super late. And, um, that was it. That was the only time I ever really subscribed to someone on Twitch. Um, but I really just don't like the aesthetic of all of it. And I find it very, um, I find that world strange and annoying. Um, so, but like the rest of the movie, I really like had a, I, I was pretty engaged from it fr- to it from the beginning. I I like the idea of a character living in a world that's not real and then kind of figuring out, seeing how they handle that. I thought the drama was pretty effective too of a character who doesn't know that they're not real falling in love with a person who is. So it's sort of just the misery that's going to come out of that too. I also thought the, the like, cause Kat and I were making jokes about some of like the, the fact that it's basically a, a romantic comedy for gamer nerds. Um, how like actually some of that stuff was pretty effective too. Um, and so, and I like rom-coms, so I was definitely into that as well. Like at the end when it sort of all comes together, I thought that was pretty cool and, um, definitely worked for me. Um, the comedy worked for me too. I never really went out of my way to like laugh a whole lot, but I feel like there were like a couple of jokes that worked. Taika Waititi didn't work for me at all. Um, I found him really annoying here. I would also, I would probably just say this is his, the worst thing I've seen him in yeah, I agree uh, ever. Yeah. Um, I think he's very, I, I actually thought to myself, I think they're doing what everyone tries to do with Nick Cage now, where they're just like, just, just be you, just be funny. <laughs> ah, you know, remember when you were funny as Hitler do that. And so it's like, okay, don't do that. Actually give him some direction. Um, or else we're going to get something bad. Um, and we did get something bad, and I didn't like it. Um, part of me wonders, though, if they, since uh, this this the, the evil corporation is called Tsunami, um, I was like, what did they know about Blizzard two years ago? <laughs> that we all now know about Blizzard. If you guys are keep, if anybody listening is keeping up with, because uh, well, it's making national news, so it's pretty bad. Um, but uh, yeah, I it, I liked it. I thought Free Guy was good. I like I said, I I had known that it was decent when it was picked over pig anyway. So I wasn't all that sad. 
Um, I actually remember, I feel like I remember seeing that it was actually talked about in Christian circles, but I think that's just because in reform circles, they always get turned on by the concept of free will and how that doesn't exist. And they're like, ah, free will is not real. The Lord decides everything. Um, and so they're like, ah, let's talk about, Finally, a Hollywood movie. We don't like Hollywood, but finally a Hollywood movie that talks about stuff like this, um, which is pretty low-hanging fruit um, if it's going to be about video games. But I do remember seeing a bit of that, and I guess I can pick up on a bit of it, but I don't know if if you tuned into our last episode, or I guess his last episode Whenever was that was, because we haven't recorded but, for like a month. What was the last <laughs> like, episode? Um, the previous episode was... Um, would be no way home. And then the uh, well, no, I'm, the one I'm talking about is the um, uh, da, 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 are we a Christian podcast? What I don't like the idea of just watching something to validate um, your religious beliefs. If that makes any sense specifically, there's a difference. Bet- so like if I was watching free guy as an opportunity to talk about something religious, it's pretty lame. Um, this is the worst movie to pick for that. I am in the middle of watching Daredevil right now, and I think that would make more sense. <laughs> um, uh, it's a lot but, of religious stuff in Daredevil. So. Yeah. Um, and also just better, better um, in terms of, uh, I don't know, thought-provoking content. Uh, Free Guy <laughs> is just a fun time, and it is a flavor enhancer that the story also has yeah. to do with... Um, uh, individual sovereignty and what is real or what's not i so all that to say is i enjoyed it like you said all the pieces come together and it actually kind of works um it actually really works um i found uh, a lot of it really worthwhile i can see this movie being a fun one to just turn on if you're with your friends which seems to be my um 2021 yearly barometer for is this movie good or not um and yeah, so Free Guy is pretty cool. Thank you for picking it, Patreon supporters. Uh, and if you want to pick more movies, uh, listeners, uh, for us, just go to our Patreon, $3 a month at minimum. And you can also tune into early episodes or at the very least uncut episodes, which are typically you, really Are you early, ending so. the episode right now? Uh, <laughs> anyways, thanks for happening? like and subscribe. Um, be sure to um, check out my Twitch. Uh, it is uh, Cinematic Doctrine XX69420. You can always <laughs> check out our streaming we're going to check out the miles morales video game that just came out i am very behind on whatever is out right now yeah that did not um, just come out i feel like what was it that was this year though right was it last year or this year i think at this point no it's that last release year. with ps5 came out but no one has a ps5 so the game's basically new so it's yeah it's also on ps4 so i don't there's not really a spoiler section to get into all i know uh, is like, there is light so uh to get into kind of i guess the more bones of the story Part of why, so part of the events that set the that set the movie in motion are the fact that uh, the female avatar that Guy, played by Ryan Reynolds, sees is the avatar for uh, someone. I think her name is Millie. I'm bad at character names, but she and Steve Harrington were part of a small indie dev that were creating a game that I guess they just created self sufficient, self teaching AI and put in an indie game, and it wasn't a big hit. Which I, I don't know, you know, you never know what's going to catch out with me and audiences because that certainly would catch my eye. It's Sims. They basically because they it almost they has made the same super as duper. Sims. They made they made a Peter super Molyneux Sims. game that actually works. Uh, they, but the, their pitch is they made a game where characters would literally grow and essentially gain sentience is what that leads to, uh, I guess. And you mostly just watch them. 
but I feel like I only learned that that was the the mo the purpose of the game at the end because I feel like when they introduce it, it didn't sound like you as a player did much. But it's basically Sims, but much more complicated it's, and interesting. It's a cross between Sims and something like No Man's Sky, where you just sort of drift around amongst this world that exists. And I don't know gameplay wise that doesn't sound particularly engaging but like it's a fake game so we we don't know what the gameplay is because there's no gameplay because the game doesn't exist because it's not important to the check story check out our cinematic doctor on youtube where we review <laughs> life itself we review the game from <laughs> that the indie devs and free guy that could made. be a podcast we talk about movies with video games in them and we just critique review the, the video game in them. <laughs> we'll start with sword art online everyone's favorite oh my gosh yeah uh I didn't hate Sword Art Online as much as everyone else did when it came out, but I also didn't like it. So I felt like I couldn't participate into the conversation because I wasn't. My favorite character dies in episode three. And they're the only character that basically dies. Uh, so, yeah. So, like, apparently Taika Waititi's character steals the code and he uses it to build this game. Uh, the downside is that the code is really effective. So, a lot of all the background NPCs actually start learning and evolving and changing, which is cool science fiction. It's I cool really science like fiction, and it's never really explored that much. It's only used as a thing to give the movie stakes because near the end of the movie where it's spoilers, uh, the game itself is about to be destroyed for, for reasons um, that will get into. To cover up the fact that he stole the code from the yeah, – so, didn't properly license the fact that he's using their AI yeah, system. Yeah, he just straight stole And in a cool game moment, the reason that they can find it sort of is because he didn't do a perfectly good job of hiding it. It's still in the game. Oh, I liked all that. Yeah. Yes, which if you watch any YouTubers like Oddheader or something or like there's a specific YouTuber who just finds things that are out of bounds. I think there's a couple of accounts like that. Yeah. Uh, you're used to the This makes complete sense. Like, this happens all the time. Yeah, there's a scene in the movie when they're trying to confirm. They're like, there's a video clip that confirms that our, our world exists out here, but the video clip is hidden in the game um, because the game's so complicated and big. Like, why not? That makes it kind of interesting as a movie thing. Um, and then when you see the clip, it's really kind of silly, which I think, like, this is where, like... <laughs> This is where it works for people who play video games and are in that community and culture. Yeah, guy going, whoa, what's that? You know? Yeah, and he's just jumping somewhere, and yeah. it's like clearly switch streaming, and then there's like something fading in and out. And I thought that was like a pretty cool because like that's, that's man, if I played video I, games that have weird glitches before, so yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I've I've seen real versions of that clip where someone's just trying to like figure out a way to jump out of bounds, and you just see something in the horizon start to materialize, and and unfortunately, yeah. in most cases, because gamers are the worst, um, <laughs> it's usually something very inappropriate that a developer decided to hide. Um, a, rut a routine thing. What was it? Odd had covered it a couple times, where this one company specifically. Get a lot of this episode. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, man, I have I have to catch up on his stuff anyway. But um, he uh, he was saying how this one particular developer, when making video games, you will toss in like fake textures or certain things to basically signify to the map editors, "Hey, this section's not done. Here's how you know." And this one particular company would just put a model of a naked man <laughs> just like <laughs> there and it would just notify like anyone developing like, whoa, naked guy. Oh, I know why, because it's we're not finished developing that area. And then in a couple odd header videos, there's people no clipping and then they're just like, ew, because <laughs> it's just a naked yeah. person there. <laughs> oh, man. And I guess it's funny because it's a naked man because for some reason that's always objectively it's, funny. It's blunt comedy, but, man. It's, yeah. it's all that, you know. <laughs> 
no setup or payoff. It's, it's just a punchline, you know. I, I I definitely prefer when it's something like there's that weird thing where someone finally like in an old racing game, they were like, "What's the tech?" Because there's just you need to have textures just to have something there instead of just a blank space. Right. So there's like a billboard. Oh that, yes, yes, the classic. Like, I love it. Yeah. Sometimes like God takes away mommies and daddies, and sometimes I do, or something like really <laughs> yeah, the menacing. Yeah, and it's just what. And the I guy was like, too. I don't know. I just need to put something on billboards. So <laughs> there yeah, you go. I, those are the ones I prefer when yeah. they're scary because it's or like creepy pasta in real life. Yeah. Like the um the classic uh, Sonic CD. I forget the code that you put in, but then um Sonic it plays like a, exe or something. Yeah, it plays like a this song that's like real nightmarish, and then Sonic's top half of his face turns into like just a mustache and like it looks real deformed and um yeah there's a lot of video games stuff like that so that particular plot point and how it's executed love it totally I just, works yeah i'm so happy so i like in um uh what there's another type of movie that does this it's not video games but cat and i were talking about it it was like but it was like phone related or maybe it was video game it was yeah, I think it was because we were talking. It was, wasn't just you and me, but because we always talk about Serenity. But like um, me and <laughs> the my best wife, video game movie, yeah, the best, yeah, top tier, um, a, a video game movie that understands that most developers do put in naked men into the video <laughs> games. But um, uh, how, it's nice to watch a video game movie where whoever plays video games actually wrote it because there's a lot of video game things in it that actually make sense. Or at least um, they talk to people who do, you know, just yeah, to they're actual journalists story. because most writers have to be a little bit journalists to get stuff realistic and right. And I really appreciated that. Um, there's not a lot of video game exposition, honestly. Um, I can see like, if you had a grandparent watch this, their, their brain would just freaking melt, dude. They'd be like, it's too bright. There's too many explosions. And then a child now with an iPad whose brain is already melted is like, yeah, I love, I love the horse weapon. <laughs> Actually, they would say default skin cringe. <laughs> yeah. So. There, there is one detail where someone, I don't know if they're the set dressing person, but they, maybe didn't fully understand but like there's scenes where someone's playing game on pc but like right next to them will just be a stack of like xbox games and it's just like why would you do that like why would you just be playing pc but like and then just put a stack of xbox 360 games next to you or there's the streamer who just like he's playing online and there's just a gamecube controller on his desk like plugged in which i guess work. in theory yeah maybe he's like all right now time to play smash and i got the adapter because that's the way you play smash brothers or something right but like it's definitely someone's like how do we tell the audience that they play video games and just just like all gamers they just have tons of video games in front of them at all times i did so like their mockery that they had for gamers though that they yeah. snuck in for every now and yeah then. i mean that's I, I that was fine the world's grossest sock there weren't enough tissues in this movie but there could yes be more. there is there's a handful of lines like that where they were just like all right, let's let's make fun of gross gaming people. But <laughs> when when, when he, um guy wants to make the joke, and she's like, "Whoa, please do not finish that joke." Yeah, she told you that joke. <laughs> oh, people in the game were just saying it. You know, <laughs> he was just saying it. It was really funny. It made the other guy laugh when they were robbing her store. Don't ever finish that joke. <laughs> but good, I like it. Good, because uh, man, isn't it fun to make fun of gamers? I love it. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so like the mean second class citizens, <laughs> the worst <laughs> society, et cetera, et cetera. But like, yeah, the main thrust of the plot is they need to get they need to prove that the code was stolen so they can, you know, expose Taika Waititi as a bad guy. And then when Taika Waititi realizes it's happening, he decides that he's just going to straight just delete the whole game. 
also in the background there's a thing where he's going to launch a like a sequel to the game and he's just going to trash the entire old game and to force people to buy the new one and he won't import any characters or skins or anything and so like yeah the actual plot isn't really much it's enough to get everything going but the real drama of the film is this running thing where a guy continues to evolve and become more like a real living breathing person and it uh, an important point in the game, not game, important point in the movie, he's told by the uh, Jody Comier that, I don't know if I'm saying her name correctly, that he is just a fictional person. And there's a brief, like, five minutes of the movie where he goes through the existential crisis. And this is good stuff where it's just like, hey, you just learned that everything about you is fake. You just learned that the person that you have fallen in love with is a real person. You are not like the implication there being that this person you fall in love with won't be with you, but also everything that you've ever experienced is pointless and meaningless. If the world you live in is fake, what's the point of it? And he talks to his friend and his friend, they actually have a good scene where he's like everything. What what if everything we know is not real? What if this world's not real? And his friend tells him, well, like, well, like right now I'm sitting here with my best friend and we're having a conversation and that this is real. Like what we're experiencing right now is real. And it is this sort of like uh solipsism, you know, I think therefore I am kind of moment where like it is real in the sense that what you are experiencing right now feels real to you. And that's real yeah. enough. And that is an interesting philosophical point for the movie to try and make. And then it just kind of moves on from that moment, which I'm then- glad it did. I have to say, if it kept on this stuff too much, it'd be too overly serious. Yeah, and I, I, I th- like how it handled it. I think the movie understands that what's within its grasp, where it's just like, OK, like this is enough to give the movie some weight. And if we attempt to pursue this further, I don't think we'll be able to pull it off. But also the audience that went to see a funny Ryan Reynolds comedy reason, a video game is going to walk out, maybe jump off the boat. They just Um, drop their popcorn on the floor. What's it matter? I don't need to throw it out. It doesn't matter. It's just plastic. (laughs) What is life? Get in the ocean anyway. And, (laughs) you know, there's a part of me that wants more of that because that's an interesting thing um, to do. But at the same time, the movie just kind of moves on next thing. And then admittedly, it goes this whole thing where guy convinces all the NPCs to just revolt and not be NPCs anymore. And then when I can't Taiku put my Uchi, arms down, yeah, because he's so used to being stuck up. Uh, what if someone robberies. comes in with a gun? <laughs> and everyone's like, ah. what if nobody comes in with a gun? Huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, that was a joke that got me when um, <laughs> was it? There's really not that many bank heists. Yeah. And look, their world doesn't even have gun violence. Actually, <laughs> uh, that's actually a pretty serious problem. Some, oh, uh. some political commentary <laughs> in there too yeah yeah uh yeah there's moments where the movie shows a little bit of life and insight in that stuff and then like you know when the video game starts to, to be deleted and his friend is like this is the best day of my life you know that's like that okay like there's sweet. some weight to that yeah. you know especially as a character who didn't want to want the glasses he didn't want them initially so it's, like, it's good know. um it's a good uh, like I was expecting him to actually put the glasses on when dude was fighting, but the result was so much more entertaining. Um, but um, yeah, it it works. The, there's there's it's it's funny like saying it this way, but these characters are pretty realized and for what uh, they are, yes, yeah. yeah. And so I think that's just effective writing. These whoever's writing this, um, which of course you listed before, but like Zach Penn and whatever his name was, they, the two of them, <laughs> sorry, buddy, Matt uh, Lieberman. The them, <laughs> um, they, they know Scoob. how to write. Put some yeah. respect on Matt Lieberman's name. Oh, Scoob. You mean the, uh, hit movie that dominated, uh, 2019 and the Christmas Chronicles and the Adams family recent animated one. Oh man. He's on a roll. He's killing it. 
man. He was writing that movie about a bull that, oh, no, Rumble with Will Arnett. I don't know. I haven't heard of it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's it's one of those things where the, that's the weird thing about the movie is it flirts with so many big ideas that in theory would give us a lot to talk about, but it also doesn't explore them that much because that's not what the kind of movie it is. So it, it does leave us in a position where we could freestyle and, and sort of extrapolate on it. But the weird thing is like, it is, it is, these are themes and topics that other things have expanded upon. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, anime dot hack slash sign. Uh, something I thought about a lot. I watching have actually this. read like three, I think the two or three volumes of dot hack. And I did not like it at all. Um, the initial, I think it was the first in the series, and I thought it was really lame. Um, yeah, and then Simone. Does it become serious? Because the ones I read were not serious at all and had no consequences and were very boring. So, yeah, I I, I just watched the anime, which was extremely boring. So. Okay. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Yeah, the whole, well, like, okay. what if AI was real thing is something that's been explored in other things. And like, it's interesting. I, yeah. I do find all that interesting because... Uh, everything we create, uh, we talk about this in our, are we Christian? Are we Christian? Uh, is this podcast Christian episode, but, uh, art is really just at the bare bones communication. It's just more complicated communication. And so when you create something, it represents you or whoever has been creating it. Um, we learned that biblically, but we also learned that <laughs> because while well, the Lord has made things certain ways, you could also just call it a law of communication. Um, and so the concept of creating AI that's sentient and smart always has more to say about us than it does other things. So that's why it's interesting to explore. Um, yeah. And uh, so it's interesting here. Um, and they get into that where like um, one of the sweetest parts of the moment is like, why is Guy so real and charming and interesting? And is yes. that? Well, it's because he was created for a purpose and that purpose was for her, which I thought it was great. I was like, oh, that's, that's a really so interesting. Sweet. That's a very sweet idea. It made and he has wish... great lines. Whoever wrote that particular set of lines yes. um, was, they were like, oh, this is going to get him. <laughs> <laughs> and it works. Like, I thought it was really sweet. Start, um, quit typing his keyboard, cracked knuckles. And it's like, you did it again. <laughs> <laughs> Lights a cigarette. Uh, <laughs> um, and this and is what great. I was made to do, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's, um, it's so really for, good romance writing. To, yeah. So to so the by far the most effective plot line in the movie is that initially we are not specifically told why Guy just suddenly wakes up from his being an NPC when he sees this woman. And then it's hinted at throughout the movie that uh, the Steve Harrington character who is working on the game uh, when he was writing the code, it's clear they had an affinity for his co-owner of the indie game dev mm-hmm. where there's subtle hints where all of the NPCs just drink this one coffee order, which later it's mentioned is her go-to coffee order and so on. And later in the movie, at an important moment, he sends her a clip where he explains um, the nature of the code, which is he he was inspired uh, when creating the lovelorn character who always searches for something and something else that he specifically kind of wrote him to want the type of woman which matched her description. And then at the end of the movie, when she watches the whole version of that, it's revealed that he specifically put essentially all of his lone desires and things that he loved about her and his love for her into this character. And so mm-hmm. um, Ryan Reynolds, character in the video game is specifically programmed to love the things she loves and to specifically pursue and love her. 
And then in a moment of sentience, Ryan Reynolds' NPC character in the final moments he has with this, uh, with Jodie Comier's like real life character, is she feels sad that she's never going to see Guy again. And he says like, you know, like obviously like I love you, but I, this is I'm programmed to love you. But like what I am is I'm essentially a love letter to you from someone else. And it is like a very nice moment. And it's a really sweet payoff for this one thing. And maybe wish there had been one or two more scenes that set that up a little stronger because Mm -hmm. like that stuff is really effective. And it leads into when I talk about they steal stuff. Immediately, she watches the video again and she starts to cry. She has to run after Steve who's going to get coffee and a song starts playing. And I was like, I recognize this song. This is a song that's used in the short film Paper Man. And then they just do the end of the the short film Paper Man, which have you seen Paper Man? Uh, I know about it. I don't think I've watched it. It's um, it's a really popular animated short. It won some a bunch of awards and stuff. <clears throat> it's one of my favorite animated short films. So I immediately recognize what, that it's, it's the end scene from the short film Paper Man. And I was like, they're just doing Paper Man. And then I saw it is just the song from Paper Man. It's even in the credits. So they just do the end of the movie Paper Man. Uh, so early recommendation, if you have Disney Plus, look up Paper Man. It's an animated short film. It's a beautiful animated short film. Uh, it's only like three or four minutes. So watch that because that's a little better than this. But they just do that scene. And <laughs> In they my just... mind, I just thought of uh, what's a short film I like that's really romantic. I was thinking Anima from uh, from uh, Tom York and Paul Thomas Anderson. What if the ending was just Dawn Chorus? <laughs> it's just like the oh, yeah, saddest song of... in the world. Yeah. <laughs> and then they kiss each other. Uh, that would have gotten me. That's what I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> or that weird. What, yeah, what if they did a short film where it's just like a woman who's head down on the table and this camera zooms in on her. And she lifts her head up and she says something like backwards and then the camera pulls away backwards from her. I don't know that one. <laughs> yeah, it's really t- horrific and terrifying. But but yeah, so like, again, this movie, it knows what to take stuff from it. It's 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 uh, it's Tarantino-ish in that way where they just the guys just watched a bunch of movies and stories they liked and just put them all those things here and it all works. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think people listen to this episode who want us to talk more about the nature of free will. But interestingly enough, the movie discards the own idea because at the end of the movie ryan reynolds just goes oh, i'm just a computer program well it doesn't <laughs> just discard it but it's also it just, like they i did, they acknowledge it well they acknowledge that like yeah i'm just i'm computer code it's interesting but i'm just computer code and we live our lives here and it shall go unexamined until the sequel which apparently is in development so who knows what free guy 2 will hold will they enter where they put free guy guy in other video games will he go into the real world yeah, if it made bank then maybe. where it be a roger rabbit kind of movie who knows a metaverse but, movie uh i mean that same comment i was like what if what if they do a thing where like uh a thinly veiled uh, jab at mark zuckerberg bought the free life or whatever free guy game is and he like everyone gets to vr in and then he gets starts and he starts traversing through social media and then maybe they'll do the scene for Wrecker Elf 2 where if Guy just sees all a bunch of negative comments about him just scrolled across the screen. How did you feel about the whole thing where Guy goes viral? Uh, so th- this made me think of um, kind of like a 80s independent movie where someone who doesn't know how the real world works makes their own world and then you just accept it for what it is. So I like the idea that like everybody just plays this video game. Um and universally everyone, all the streamers, everyone all over the world, this is the one game they play. Yeah. Yeah. And so the it's not just that they're talking about guy in like gaming circles, but he's actually like on the news. He's a Jeopardy um, question. Yeah, Jeopardy R. question. Alex Trebek. Uh, and so like I, I thought all that was silly. 
Um, but I thought that was part of what made it fun. <laughs> it's not Trebek doesn't just ask like the question. He like turns the screen and goes, who is guy? And it's like, when did Alex Trebek do that while hosting Jeopardy, where he would look at the screen, look at the audience and ask them like pointed philosophical questions. Maybe this is his last message. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's, yeah. This is his ready player one moment. Yeah. He's like, yeah, Mark Rylance. And he just like walks into the background. He's like, are you the creator? Yeah. We're going to see him in Heather's. It's on, it's on good morning America. This guy, guy, you know, I, I, I think the movie does make some interesting points just in the nature of, what it means to be a thing that exists. But yeah, I mean, I, for me, it's that I, um, the idea of like, well, what if everything's fake just seems silly to me? Um, because I think his friend is right. It's like, well, I mean, I still feel things. Um, yeah. It doesn't really, <laughs> fa- it doesn't affect his life that much, actually. What do you think yeah, about it? I, um, I, this is going to be funny just because I'm, uh, I'm ready to laugh. watching this now and I, and I know you think it's silly, but I'm watching Young Rock right now. And my favorite, <laughs> my favorite repeated joke is that every time someone says wrestling is fake, it's like it's the most, <laughs> the worst thing you can say <laughs> at all. Um, and it's in not the first, fake; it's scripted. You know, I just bang my hands <laughs> yeah. on the table. It's predetermined. Uh, it's a different. You know. In the first episode, um, when Young Dewey uh, says, "Why does everybody take this so seriously? It's fake anyway." Uh, the actor who plays Andre the Giant gets up, and the whole room's silent. And he picks up this little child, Dwayne the Rock Johnson, and he's like, "Does this feel fake to you?" <laughs> and he's like, "No," and he's like, "That's because it's real." <laughs> and then he's like, "But now we hug," um, and that's great. Um, but that's because it's yeah. Does it feel fake? Like obviously it's real. <laughs> like it's yeah. just like um, yeah. Whoever wins and loses and whatever is predetermined. But I mean, I'm seeing movies and they're touching me in a certain way, so I think I think it's real. Yeah. I- I want the sequel to be like, does Guy have a soul? And to really get people going. <laughs> Which does Guy get to go to heaven if he gets killed in the game? Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I like how they have the... Uh, no, the sequel is... Um, what was that gaming movie from like a couple years ago that got seriously nerfed? It was going to be rated R. And then it got oh, PG-13. Oh, yeah, yeah. Stay Alive or Stay something. Stay Alive. Yeah. Um, more fascinating history than Event Horizon. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, Event Horizon was still rated R, wasn't it? Yeah, but it, like... It got I know it was seriously nerfed. Cut. But... And I think it's lost too. Isn't that extra content lost somewhere? I think just- for yeah, both mo- I think both Stay Alive and Event Horizon, there's been attempts to like um restore them, but they haven't been successful. I don't know. I don't know if it's because everything's totally lost, like the studio just got rid of the footage, or if it's in some private collector's collection somewhere, which happens a lot. It's an NFT. <laughs> the worst the worst timeline that we could have had is that they're all NFTs now. It's gonna be like that guy who bought like the one Wu Tang clan album and then he's like a Shkreli. Well he got arrested Shkreli. and he actually had to give it to the government. Um like part of uh, their claims for There's money. Just an FBI agent bumping Wu Tang. Like, right and now right it's now. and actually it's that's also getting turned into an NFT. We are in the worst timeline. Um jeez. <laughs> oh, so uh anyone who has like stock in that particular company actually gets access to the nft um so that's the only way also i think i've heard that like he streamed it on twitch also again worst timeline he streamed um, parts of it and people were thing. like oh it's not even that good <laughs> and so it's not even the, it's, no, it's not even the original lineup so i don't know why we were hype he it's also nice. owns like some nirvana demos and stuff too or something yeah maybe not anymore but uh um, yeah, who knows whatever who knows but yes the movie does like to it 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 flirts like with I all these ideas. It flirts, it flirts with, with them. Interesting yeah. ideas, but I also think the answer it has is reasonable. Like uh, I'm still living in a real like regardless <laughs> of regardless of what mode this world is, it doesn't change my experience. This is why I find um 
here, this is our biblical in, in, introspection. Um, <laughs> just get what you want, Dan. Fine. <laughs> Not just to get what you want, Dan, but also listeners who apparently need to get their Christian validation through a podcast that talks about their movies. That's not what they want. Um, <laughs> I know. I, we I are just talking like about the- a movie about a guy who's learning to like go against his very nature slash become who he's meant to be. Slash well, so my answer is I actually well. think the answer the movie gives is reasonable enough because yeah. the problem of the fallen world is not are we living in a real world or not and do we have free will? The problem is sin and whether or not we believe God loves us or not. Because when Satan comes in to tempt Eve, he immediately yeah, puts Taika Waititi type figure. <laughs> yeah, just picture Taika <laughs> specifically Taika Waititi playing this character. Matt Murdock asking, "Is the devil real?" And I just picture Taika Waititi playing yeah. this character, uh, holding a machete, <laughs> hacking up a holy man. But um, <laughs> I uh, <laughs> shows you where I'm at in the show right now. Um, yes, Good I am show. watching Daredevil right now. Um, <laughs> I can't believe I slept on this show for so long. Uh, it came out right when I was in the Marvel. Um, cynicism funk so i didn't want to check it uh, out that's a shame. um yeah. i know it could have re- revived my interest uh actually it would have just made me bitter about the movies because i think like this came out right when ultron was out so it was like yo <laughs> like, <laughs> this is what we're getting which way um, western man <laughs> daredevil or ultron yeah. I, <laughs> but, um, uh it, it Regardless of whether this world is real or not in that particular like concept, that doesn't answer the question of the most primary issue is, does God love you or not? Um, which Satan puts into doubt. And so why does Eve it? It's like Eve eat the fruit. It's because God is lying to you. Um, not, I'm not saying this is true. I'm saying this was Satan saying. <laughs> Satan saying God is lying to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks. It just, I can't, I'm going to be on like some like, uh, I don't know. Um, uh, heretics blog heretics blog <laughs> melvin says uh god <laughs> god's lied to you that's all he says <laughs> says nothing else in Clearly in scripture it says the opposite satan yeah. says god uh doesn't want you to be like him uh you can't trust him eat the fruit you'll be like him you'll understand good and evil stuff like that and uh so what's put in pe- being put in a doubt can you trust god or not um that's different now i understand if you think you're living in a fake world that puts into doubt whether or not you can trust God or not. Um, but that's not the primary problem. Um, and so I just, and also I think that problem is easily solved by pinching somebody. It's like, Hey, did that feel real? Yeah. Well then that's going to change how you live this world. You're going to try not to get pinched anymore. (laughs) Like that's different. Um, and, uh, so I don't know. I, I find that most people's problems are whether or not they're believing that they're loved or not. And ultimately, if we understand God is love and love funnels through, he he particularly chooses to funnel that through each us, um, then I think that the problem isn't, is this world real or not? It's, is the love that I'm experiencing real or not? And then trying to work that out. Um, so, And the movie doesn't really get into that because at the end of the day, the love was real. <laughs> um, Guy did have uh, feelings for uh, Jodie Comer's character. Um, but then he, of course, learns where those feelings actually are coming from and can then give her the romantic comedy push that she needs. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that that's what I think about this movie biblically. Thanks for tuning in to Cinematic Doctrine, a podcast where I debase myself and do exactly what I don't want to do with the show, <laughs> which is talk about things like this uh, when they – well, I guess they do are, are warranted. I just – 
I just don't think it's, <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the worst way to talk about biblical stuff. Um, I would rather talk about another show uh, or another thing uh, and do that. But um, what do you think about this idea? Cause, well, okay. I don't know. My final thought <laughs> on that is like, I, I particularly, I, it's, I think it's second Peter um, in the first chapter when Peter's listing off um, becoming more like Christ. And it's like a series of seven things. Yeah. Uh, second Peter five through like nine uh, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith, goodness, goodness, knowledge, knowledge, self-control, self-control, perseverance, perseverance, godliness, godliness, mutual affection, and then mutual affection, love. And knowledge is like number three. And obviously it continues for if you possess, obviously, you know, because you know this already, but if, for if you possess these qualities, increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of Christ. Uh, but whatever, uh, whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. And then of course he continues, of course, because you already know this, um, it's to confirm your, it helps to confirm your election. If you do these things, you never stumble, come rich, welcome to the eternal uh, kingdom. Knowledge is like number three. So knowledge of whether or not the world is real or not uh, is not necessarily your main focus. And I think sometimes, sometimes the reason people want to hear other people talk about concepts like this is to validate their knowledge, not so that they can have self-control on when to talk about these things, um, persevere in that self-control, be godly, have mutual affection for one another, and then at the end of the day, love, which if you read through the New Testament, um, you'll find that love is huge <laughs> and basically the most important thing. Um, uh, just repeatedly mentioned, the amount of times Paul really harpers down the importance of loving one another is insane. And then the language he uses is so romantic about it. Um, and I think oftentimes when people tune into Christian podcasts, so you could consider this 2.0 episode of the are we a Christian movie podcast? Oftentimes, people tune into Christian podcasts not because they want to learn how to love others. It's they want to have more knowledge so that they can talk to other people and tell them why they're wrong and why they are right. And they essentially turn Christianity into secret knowledge. And that secret knowledge is then used to puff up their ego and not to build up Christ or invite more people into the kingdom of God, which is lame and stupid. Um I would prefer if people just loved each other. Wouldn't it be Tommy Wiseau? The world would be, a, uh, if everybody just loved each other, the world would be a better place. I mean, even he gets it, guys. Come on. Um, and so in this particular case, when the concepts of talking about, are we even living in the real world? And his friend is just saying, well, this is real. That's enough for me. <laughs> I don't need anything else because it's true. Um, I, I like that. I think that that's a really simple but effective way of validating one's experience and that's all i need um but i guess that's ironic with what i've just been talking about um do you have any thoughts on that daniel or what i think the real <laughs> I, I the question for me is does guy's life have value oh yeah i mean you could say no because he's an ai but i think this is this idea of like does an ai that's constructed like a robot have value um, I think you would learn a lot about the human that would abuse an AI and say it doesn't have yeah. value than the AI itself. Does it have value as in as like a program or like a really good like piece of art? Or does he have value the same way you'd value like a 
life. If you had to choose between saving an AI program from dying or a human being, I would hope you choose a oh, human yeah. being. Definitely human being. But if both are going to live and you had to make a decision on who you were going to punch in the face, <laughs> choosing to punch neither, I think, is more indicative of the individual who's being told to punch something. Right. Um, that's why like in movies, when you watch somebody abuse a robot <laughs> or something like that, it makes me feel bad. I feel bad <laughs> when someone abuses a stuffed animal. I have texted you saying it feels bad when someone buys a plant for a movie just to destroy it. <laughs> like there's a joke in um, uh, the Between Two Ferns movie on Netflix where they run over a fern. And I'm like, what? Why'd you just buy a fern just to run it over and kill that plant? Um, that is more indicative of the heart of the individual than the thing itself. Um, and uh, I feel that way about stuffed animals, too. Put that on record. Cut that from the episode, not me saying God is not real or something, which I guess now they'll do that. Also, did you know that I think Coolsville sucks? <laughs> and so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We got to talk about that Scooby-Doo movie, not Scoob. What do you think about free will for an AI? And does it does it change your faith if it's real or not? I am. Um, I my issue with the idea of creating a self-sufficient AI that has a capacity to continue evolving is that devoid of human consciousness or a soul that it'll make purely logical decisions and then we'll begin making decisions that lack empathy. And that's the, that's the thing about a movie AI is that you can make a self-sufficient self-learning AI be Ryan Reynolds's nice guy routine. That'd be an interesting free guy like five right, where a guy just turns evil or something <laughs> where he's like, I've decided what the problem with humanity is. It is humanity itself. And he tries to, you know, he goes all Skynet. I'm so glad this movie didn't do that, by the way. I'm so glad this movie wasn't just like, ah, oh, man, people are evil. Look at, how all they're, look at how they're all doing bad things to these NPCs. Yeah. It's like, are you kidding me? Have you ever played a video game? Like, It's not that you're purposely doing bad things. It's just... We didn't know that I, you were some miracle of science. My yeah. bad. That's why all the Twitch stuff sucks. The worst one being, oh, I kind of want to treat NPCs a little differently. <laughs> Shut like, up. Are you kidding me? NPCs <laughs> are in the way. That's the whole yeah. thing. <laughs> this isn't, yeah, this isn't an indictment. Like, I don't know. I guess whenever they make an Undertale movie, we can get into that more. But like. Which is the purpose of the game. Like, that's yeah. what makes it different, too. Like, games make you think about things. Like, this made me think of Soma. In, in certain ways, if you ever get around to playing that, which I think no. you would love. Okay. What is, um? how does this rank among video game movies for you? Obviously, Serenity is number one, but how does it rank outside of that <laughs> yes, rank? Simply, every time I think about that movie, I cry laughing. Actually, we went to a <laughs> friend's house a and I started to remember it. And I literally started crying. I couldn't talk about the movie. <laughs> It's so funny to me. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, I'm telling, I'm saying you can never guess what happens. They're like trying to guess. I'm like, you'll never get it. You'll never get it. Based on the trailer, there's no yeah, way. Yeah, we watched the trailer. And- <laughs> okay, now what happens? <laughs> That's a fun party game. Play the trailer for Serenity and ask people what they think happens the last like, half they of get. the movie. Yeah, they'll, never, they'll never get it. Oh man. And like there are scenes in the trailer that they show like him at the he's at the he's at like the red light and he's revving the engine. He looks real serious. And I'm like, you'll never know what's actually <laughs> Guess what he's what well, guess what the context of this scene is. <laughs> Serenity is the best movie that's come out in the last 20 years. I love that movie so much. And absolutely fascinating <laughs> theater experience. So you can have your Marvel movie, people cheer over and over again. 
I'll take opening weekend Serenity. Half the audience is <laughs> like film Twitter there. people who are like, yeah. But I had like movie pass. I could have seen it opening weekend. I just didn't. The number uh, of people who are like, there's certain points of that movie where people, I can just hear like couples like leaning over whispering another going like, what is happening? Is this- <laughs> like, <laughs> and then there's like a group of dudes in the back going, yeah. <laughs> like, just, <laughs> this is the best movie I've ever seen. <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. This one ranks as a pretty good one. Okay. I, um, I haven't seen actually a lot of, I actually, I, I have you seen, was, you say so you haven't seen doom. I've seen doom and I thought that was pretty lame. I did not see the new doom annihilation one, but I know that's supposed to be pretty lame. Did you see the tomb Raider movies? I did not see the tomb Raider movies. I see assassin's creed. I wish I went on the tomb Raider ride before it had the licensing passed and they had to change it. But I heard that was pretty great. Thank you, Defunct Land. Check out Defunct Land. Um, ah, good, now yeah, I have good, my. Good ch- I finally have my recommendation for this episode now. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, did you see? I've Prince seen of Super Persia Mario movie, Brothers sorry. movie. Oh, jeez. And I like that one. I thought that was fun. That movie has such a weird like reappraisal. Like it went from being like the the movie that caused Nintendo to never make movies ever again until like, I guess Illumination gave him a billion. Well, dollars. it's still true, and Illumination's about to do it again. <laughs> um, but. Um, now, speaking of Sonic Hedgehog 2 trailer, nice. Can't wait for that one. Uh, yeah, I'll admit, like, I, I, you listeners, you've heard our episode on Sonic the Hedgehog. I did not like that movie. I thought it was aggressively I annoying thought, and stupid. I, I pulled a Dear Evan Hansen with that one, too, where, like, the movie I was watching was not the movie <laughs> This I may shock saw. you, but it's not. But yeah, I, the, when I go to every, movies, every I, time he, we disagree on something, he just goes and bumps up Halloween Kills' his rating somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> just. Oh man, David Gordon Green cries. It's just like he's like, finally someone. And I, there's an extended cut of that movie me, now. I'll, I'll give it a five out of five. Just wait. <laughs> yeah. I um I went to go see um Santa Claus Conquers the Martians with my wife at a special screening um for uh, a theater that is the longest operating theater in the United States actually. Uh, and they re- revamped the theater during um like 2021 COVID year, um and it looks beautiful and they we went in tinfoil hats and people really liked that we were wearing tinfoil hats and i kept telling them we're about to see a movie that you can't see and i feel like i take a tinfoil hat every time i go to the movies because i seem to watch (laughs) movies that nobody else sees and sonic the hedgehog is one of them but yeah i think free guys pretty much up there even though it's a fictional video game i think it's up there because it's actually has the logic of a video game it's written it's written by people i think who play video games or are actually good writers because they're also journalists and they know how to at least talk to people who play video games. Um, and even the digs that they make on gamer culture are active, but <laughs> yeah, I thought free guy was, uh, overall it, it, yeah, it is an enjoyable family popcorn movie thing that has a little more depth to it than I think you probably expect. I felt similarly about Sean Levy's other film, uh, real steel, where it's a movie that, like it has the ingredients to make it a little bit, a little bit better than you expect. Uh, in that case, that movie just had really great robot designs and fun robot punching each other stuff. So, I mean, Sean Levy, yeah, he's got his groove. He makes uh, widely accessible, entertaining films that are, you know, satisfying film experiences. You're not going to think about free guy two weeks from now. Uh, <laughs> people pretty much, yeah, Free Guy was weird because it came out. It was really well received by everyone. And then it just, you know, no one talks about it. People just remember that they were happy a couple of weeks ago. They just don't they, know why. They will be like, oh, yeah, Free Guy. That was a good movie. And then that's, you know, as far as I think about it. So uh, if 
if it ever comes free to streaming, I think it's supposed to come out on Disney plus in like February or something. Uh, so uh, whenever it hits streaming, it's worth it's worth a watch. Yeah, I'm so. still trying to figure out what their like 20th Century Fox stuff is where it's supposed well, to go. Yeah, now it's just 20th Century Studios. Well, whatever, oh my so. bad. Sorry. <laughs> what do you got for recommendations, Dan? Recommendations? Oh man. Uh, first, as far as my, uh, I'm going through as I mentioned before, I'm going through the Book of Revelation, and uh, we're wrapping up our section talking about the churches. Uh, but if you're getting into the more uh, end timesy interpretation uh, views of things. The, a good commentary for that is Revelation Four Views, a parallel commentary. And it's edited by Steve Gregg, and it presents the four main views and schools of interpretation for the Book of Revelation. Uh, that is the historicist, the preterist, the futurist, and the uh, spiritual uh, interpretation of the Book of Revelation. So it gives credence to those four main views of the end times. Uh, and so you can figure out if you're a millennial, pre-millennial, et cetera, et cetera. It gives a good weight and balance to all four views. It doesn't particularly favor one. Although my father who's read the same commentary has a different feeling on it. He, he says it favors one particular view. I'm not sure which one though, uh, so far. Cause I haven't, I'm mostly, like I said, I've mostly been doing going to the churches, uh, but it is a solid revelation commentary. It's a good one just to have on your shelf. Uh, Theoretically, if you've done this for a bit, you're going to have your own view. You're going to have your own leaning. So you're going to predominantly buy authors from that one school of thought. But if you want to have just a good general, uh, at least get an understanding of the other views, uh, this is a good one to have. My recommendation is going to be Defined Land, a really, 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 really great YouTube channel. Um, Daniel, please tell me you've watched Defined Land. Oh, of course. Of course. Okay. This is like... Most uh, YouTube is kind of the worst, um, but every now and then there's like a channel that's amazing and accessible to literally everybody on the planet. And Defunct Land is that channel where the premises initially was started uh, the first season. I forget uh, the guy's name. Uh, something Perjurer? What's his name? I forget his first name. Kevin Perjurer. And his persona was Brad Pitt <laughs> for some reason, which I obviously changed because I think he wanted to brand uh, Defunct Land. And he would talk about rides that didn't exist anymore in theme parks and how they were made, how they were developed, the, the mind behind it. Um, the first season is really uh, is a lot about roller coasters, so you learn a lot about <laughs> roller coaster manufacturing, um, which is really really cool. And like certain companies that made like what made them really good at particular quality. Um, and types, and then also what companies were really cheap and made just rides real quick and stuff. It's fascinating history. And uh, the idea was they were going to make a digital theme park that had all of these rides in it um, still. So you could go back and kind of see them and digitally enjoy them. And then as the series continued, he just started getting into crazier topics, um, all built around theme parks and um uh, entertainment stuff. So not just theme parks. So there's a section where he talks about Disney expanding into not like theme parks, but like fun places. Uh, I don't know, like in cities where like you could go to this particular like location and it would just be like a mini Disney theme park in New York or PA and uh, really, really fascinating stuff. Um, you learn a lot about Michael Eisner and his uh, tenure as like Disney CEO or whatever he was. I don't remember the title. There's several seasons now, all very great. Apparently, his uh, he's got this video on how they develop Fast Pass, and I've heard it's one of his best, absolute best uh, episodes of the show. And I haven't checked it out yet, but I look forward to um, 
Defunct Land is amazing. Um, I absolutely recommend it. Definitely binge worthy. Uh, doesn't matter what you're into. Um, I think you'll all find it fascinating, uh, especially if you're also just a theme park slash Disney theme park person. Like this is an amazing uh, show to tune into. So check out Defunct Land. What kind of fun recommendation do you have, Dan? Uh, first, I'll mention that like Defunct Land is the is a great example of something that may not even sound like something you're into, but it's so strangely like engaging like you just like i'm not a huge theme park person by any stretch but i just started watching him one day and i found myself like i watched like 30 or 40 videos suddenly you it know? kind of like it he came out right when education youtube was becoming huge like there's tier zoo which is a gamer themed and gamer jargon perspective on animals and the guy's clearly he clearly loves video games and then he also loves zoology and like all of that and so he talks this, like he has an episode out right now called like our horns op <laughs> and so that he's just going to talk about the science behind horns <laughs> and animals and stuff um and uh yeah defunct land came out just in time and and i just think education is really fascinating so it's great it's great stuff um for my i guess you call it fun recommendation i'm gonna re- recommend uh the two novels of a writer named stephen hall now uh, my interests, I've found that I tend to like uh, books that are a little metatextual. I like things that are kind of in the new weird genre. Um, you know, I was, the, I was that guy who read uh, House of Leaves in like high school. And hey, I did too. What the heck? I read and, that in high school. <laughs> uh, people were really annoyed. But uh, S- Stephen Hall writes books that if you're kind of like that, or like I keep mentioning the video game Control, which I really enjoy. So if that's kind of... Uh, your thing, I recommend his two books. He's written since 2007. He's only written two novels. Uh, the first one is called The Raw Shark Texts. It is a very strange book, and it's it's real weird. I recommend reading it. I read it during uh, the early months of the pandemic. And lucky me, uh, he wrote that book in 2007. And very suddenly in 2021, he suddenly came out with his long-awaited second novel called Maxwell's Demon, uh, which... I've started. I have not really gotten too deep into it. Uh, but both are really weird and really good, if that's your thing. If you like things that are a little offbeat, if you like things that will sort of play with the medium itself, I highly recommend both. If you And I just realized this the other day, looking into and preparing for my recommendation. He's rarely written the stories for several video games, including Crisis 3 and Battlefield 1 and 5, which is very weird. He's written like radio plays in Britain, and if you go through what he's written, he's also written some video game stories on top of two novels I enjoy. So it's quite cool. uh, interesting body of work, Mr. Stephen Hall. So that's my recommendation. Thanks so much for checking out this episode of Cinematic Doctrine. If you enjoyed this episode, consider leaving a review and subscribing to the podcast. And as mentioned before, Cinematic Doctrine has a Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you're opted into a once-a-month movie poll where you decide a movie we discuss on the podcast. There are other unique benefits that come with supporting the podcast, so be sure to check that out at patreon.com forward slash cinematic doctrine. A special shout out to those who support at the Art House Theater tier on Patreon. Thank you so much, Mom, Dad, Melanie, Sherlyon, and Thomas. You guys are the best, and your continued monetary support is greatly appreciated. Until next time, stay cool. Want some Cinematic Doctrine swag? You're in luck! We've got 3-inch Cinematic Doctrine logo stickers exclusive for Patreon supporters. Perfect for your travel mug or laptop. Head over to patreon.com forward slash cinematic doctrine, link in the show notes, and choose the independent theater tier. 
Doing so will net you other perks, too. But let's be real. The podcast stickers are the coolest perk. So get yourself some podcast stickers by supporting on Patreon.